Welcome back to the If She Did It podcast. This week's episode, we have Ariel Schiffer from Dream Pro Courses. And let me tell you, Ariel is so freaking cool. Um, and we had a really awesome conversation. So I'm so excited for y'all to get to hear it and tune in. Before we dive in, I do want to share with you all, I shared this last week, but I'm so excited I have to share it again. The Adaptable CEO Mastermind is open for enrollment. Next week's episode is actually gonna dive a little bit deeper into the program and um, everything that you're going to get from it, the transformation, all of that. So it's going to be a really fun episode. It's also going to open your eyes to what is possible once you have a really solid foundation set in your business. Um, But for those of you that want 2022 to be the year that you really massively build visibility, you build out your omnipresence, you have a six month partner in your business helping you build out strategies, not just being told how to build out a strategy and you trying to figure out how to apply it to your business, but actually getting help having the strategies built out for you. That is all coming in this mastermind and it's going to be phenomenal. There are only, at the time of recording, four spots still available. Um, By the time that this is live, there will probably only be about two or three spots still available. So if you're interested, you're definitely want to going definitely going to want to head to the show notes, click on the link for the application. And in the application, there's a link actually to a document with even more information about it. Um, but to not take up too much time, let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode. I cannot wait for you all to hear it. Welcome to the If She Did It podcast with your host, business coach and business bestie, Becky Fagan. This is your one-stop shop for all things business growth, energetic alignment, strategy, mindset, and a fun touch of spirituality. Nothing is off limits here, and you're bound to leave every single episode inspired, excited, and ready to take massive action in your business. This podcast was created to help create more badass female CEOs and help you see that business gets to be simple, strategic, and fun. Now, let's dive in. Welcome to the podcast, Ariel. I'm so glad to have you. Yeah, so glad to be here. <laughs> Yay. Okay. Also, totally meant to say excited and I said glad instead. And I don't remember the last time I said I was glad about something, but I like <laughs> went with it. <laughs> I'm excited and glad too. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> okay. So let's dive in. I would love to start by you sharing your story with us, who you are, what you do, how you got to where you are, and we'll go from there. Sure. So, uh, my name is Ariel. I'm the founder of C uh, and CEO of dream pro. I can't talk today either. And, um, my journey was a bit interesting. So, um, I spent about 10 years in the corporate world, um, from grad school through basically just a couple of years ago. And I was primarily doing instructional design. So I was focusing on developing professional leadership development programs for fortune 50 companies, nonprofit organizations, um, private companies, all different types of industries. And I loved it. It was a lot of fun. Um, it was definitely a creative sort of, um, a creative career path, if you will. And, um, it's something that I guess I sort of fell into. I have a background in industrial organizational psychology, which is essentially business psychology. And so, um, one of the, the narrow focuses of that big, you know, sort of, um, you know, I guess expertise is learning and development. So, um, I, was doing that for quite some time. I had a blast, but I just came to the realization that 
there had to be more to life than what I was doing. Um, I felt, especially in my last role that I had, um, I just felt really unfulfilled in a lot of different areas of my life. I felt like I just didn't want to live the normal, like commute, do the nine to five. And it's kind of funny because I work basically nine to five now, but you know, I'm in my sweatpants at home and I'm doing it on my own terms, which I think makes, makes a difference. But Um, you know, I just, I, I knew there had to be something else. So behind the scenes, I was helping people with, um, their resumes, their careers. I was a career coach, sort of freelancing. And then when I got into this really weird industry, I was like, wow, there are coaches making like a shit ton of money. Like I was just like really thrown off by it. When I first, I was like, these people are just casually making like this much money doing this stuff, you know, like I, I started it just because it was a passion and it was something that I thought, you know, maybe hopefully it can replace my corporate income. Um, but then it soon made me realize, wow, there's a lot of opportunity here. So I ended up starting to do that and I essentially bought a course and, you know, the first one I actually bought was amazing. Um, I worked with that, uh, mentor for years, second course that I bought was, was terrible. It was like, I opened the course and I was just like, what the hell is going on? You know, I had this like preconceived notion from like the one other course that I took that, oh, wow, people in this industry know how to create courses. This is so cool. And then this like hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, that's a lie. There's a lot of people that really don't. Um, and I don't think it was intentional. I don't think people really want to put shit into the world. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think people just don't know, they don't know better, right? You, you, that's a whole other lane of expertise. So, um, it just gave a moment how people really need to learn how to develop curriculum and just learn how to create really cool learning experiences because education seems to be a huge foundation for so many people in this world. So I started to work on some course projects, sort of like behind the scenes, like very low key. Um, and it just grew like wildfire. It was just referral after referral. Like I wasn't even really talking about it much and it blew up. <laughs> and then eventually I just got to the point where I had to tell myself, like, what do I really want? Um, and I knew that I wanted to head in this direction. It just felt really right for me. And, uh, I was like, you know what? I can't, I can't do this alone. Like courses are a lot of work. Um, and one person doing the entire thing is just too much. So that's really, you know, long story, what led me to creating my agency and, um, really the, the things that, you know, I came across that made me pivot and end up where I am right now. (laughs) Awesome. I love that. That's, it's such a, it's, it's so cool when you essentially you found a, a gap in the market and you were like, let me fill that. Like I have the skills to fill it. And mm-hmm. that's really, that's the best way to start a business in my, like the way I see it. Um, yeah. so with that, to kind of start the conversation, I want to hear from you. Like you said that, you know, you took this first course and you're like, oh, this is awesome. You have this belief of what every course is going to look like. And then you open this next course and you're like, oh my gosh, what the hell is this? So with that, like what makes a good course? Like what, what do people not, what do like coaches and entrepreneurs not think about when they're creating courses that makes or breaks it, whether they realize it or not? Okay. So without calling out, obviously this person, (laughs) well, actually I really, I respect in a lot of ways. And like, I have no, no hard feelings towards her. Just, you know, it was definitely a hot moment for me, but 
Um, the course that I got the first, like the first course I got that I loved, what I loved about it were these things. It was super actionable. The lessons were short. It was in a very methodical order. It was as if she was thinking about my needs before I was, it was just enough information. Um, and it was a really targeted course. Like I knew exactly what I was paying for and I got exactly that. I didn't walk into the experience and then think, oh wait, this is a little bit different than what I was anticipating. And so, um, and I want to talk about those things too, but I just want to kind of paint the picture for everybody. Um, and then the other course that I bought, it was, she was great at selling, great marketer, great messaging, her Instagram stories, they got me <laughs> like it was good. I wasn't even ex expecting to like need to. And, um, and so when I did what really made me like, what made my first impression, not that great was I got into the course, honestly, like first impressions matter, you know, I'm all for, for messy action and like not needing all the bells and the whistles all the time. Like we don't need to, it doesn't have to be this high production thing every single time you create a course. And I think it depends on where you're at and who you're selling to. And but um, I go into the course portal and it's just like not branded at all. It, it actually, so in Kajabi, if you use like the normal theme that they have, it has a logo of another company on it, just to show you an example of what you can do with it. So if you're, if it has that logo, like you're not like change it. <laughs> like, it's not a good idea to keep it on there. So I get into the portal. I'm like, great. Like, you know, it just, it looked like it was literally thrown together overnight. And then when I opened the videos, cause I was like, all right, let me see the curriculum. Like, that's why I'm here. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not just for the course portal, but the videos were 40 minutes long. It was just her talking to the camera. She was sitting there in a sports bra, messy hair, her, the entire backdrop of the videos was just her mess. Um, and it was just so distracting. And the, the worst part about it was it seemed like there was no logical sense to the order that things were in. And it's, it just seemed like a bunch of like, like it was almost like her Instagram stories that she was actually sharing, but just with more words, but like there was no extra value somehow. So it was just, it was really a letdown. I, I couldn't finish it. And I was just like, I don't have like eight hours to sit around and listen to her talk in her messy office in her sports bra. Like I just can't do it. So, you know, just to point out those two things, what I see just generally overall, like outside of those two courses, because now I've been in, I mean, I'm in courses every single day for different business owners. I've basically seen it all. And what I see that really um, sticks out to me are a couple of things. One, lack of onboarding when it comes to the program. So not only like sale to them actually like getting into the course portal. But like, once they're in there, you can't just like punch them in the face with the facts. Like you need to like welcome them, <laughs> tell them how to, how to take the program, especially if you have a coaching component, other stuff that go like paint the picture for them and give them expectations. Us as adults, like we don't want to be led down this path of blindness where you're taking us. And also, um, as part of adult psychology, we need to know like, what's in it for me? Why should I stick around and learn this? Right. I mean, obviously these people bought this product and this course for the end transformation, but you need to give them a reason to stick around through the end to even get that transformation. So, um, making sure that your like onboarding within your program is set up. And then also, I think sometimes there's just a natural tendency for us give the world to everybody. So I know a shit ton about instructional design. And if I was to tell you everything about it right now, we would be here for days. 
And, and you don't need that. And honestly, your listeners don't need that. Most people don't need to know all the things that I know. So it's really important to have discernment when it comes to what you're teaching, because they want the transformation. They don't want, they don't want any less, right? So how do you really just simplify things and just give them what they need? You don't have to try to overcompensate by giving so much information because information is everywhere. It's 2021, it's about to be 2022. You can Google anything, right? It's not about the information. What you're doing in a course most of the time is curating an experience for them. So that way they don't have to seek information and then do the guesswork as to how they piece it together and actually implement. So focus on that, not just more stuff in the course, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think it's so important because I've even been there as well. We're all like, purchase a course and I'll go to consume it. And I can't, like, I just can't do it for one reason or another. Um, I th- I find something that a lot of coaches forget is that there's different types of like learners. Mm-hmm. And so like what you said about talk, just talking directly to like the camera with no other, like no text, no, nothing can be really hard for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and, and when it comes to different learners too, like, I think a lot of times we like we love to categorize ourselves, right? Like we, like ENTP, I'm an Enneagram three, I'm a blah, 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 whatever. But, um, when it comes to learning styles, like it actually, like it can flex, right. And it could be a combination of things and it could also depend on the situation. So it is really important to not just have videos that are just you talking to camera. If it's something that's actually going to be something that, is relaying information or content, right? You know, in terms of like an intro video, I think that's so appropriate. I recommend it because you want people to connect with you. Um, But when it comes to actually giving people the information, just think about different ways to digest, but also look at it from an inclusive standpoint. There are people that have hearing impairments. There are people um, you know, have visual impairments, you know, so it's like the more opportunity you have for people to digest content in different ways, the more you're also able to make a program really accessible for people and meet them where they're at. Because, you know, that's really the goal with a course is to meet people where they're at. Because if you think about it, a course is a learning experience and a learning experience means that a person is jumping into something that they have never done before or heard of before or learned before. And that just creates discomfort. And us as humans, we love to be comfortable. That's like literally what our body's designed to do is like keep us comfortable, right? So if people are already in this like uncomfortable state of mind, you not being mindful of that and making it more difficult for them to receive the information creates a block for them to actually get the end result. So it's like meet people where they're at. If your ideal client is a busy mom, like don't create 50 minute videos of you talking to the camera or, you know, like think about alternative ways as well for consumption. I have a client right now who she said, um, most of her clients consume mostly audio. She has a private podcast feed for her course, um, which I love, but it's, you know, I would also caution against like doing that solely because, that's great for a lot of people. And it's good for redigesting information, playing back some stuff, or maybe even listening to it once before seeing things visually or doing stuff. But you need to think about how people are interacting with the content and then what they're supposed to do with it. And that also depends on the purpose of your program and all that. Yeah. Such good points. Um, okay. So with all that being said, how, like, once somebody has created, like, let's say they have one course and they've been selling that course, um, and they're ready to build out a product suite, 
if they just like don't even know where to begin when it comes to building that out, where, what's, what's a good starting point for that? Hmm. So I would start with what you have, right? Why is it working? Why isn't it working? Um, and think about around that, right? (laughs) What needs to happen before they get to that point or what needs to happen after they get like done with that. Right. Um, the best thing that you can do is talk to the people you want to (laughs) serve. Like, I think, um, something that I see a lot of people that naturally are just not as like, okay, I'll put it to you this way. I'm very introverted. Um, I like having my own time. I don't like, like talking to like so many people at once. Like I'm very, like, I don't know if it's like only child thing too, but I'm very introverted. If I don't have to talk to somebody, I won't <laughs> like, it's great, you know? And so me getting out of my way to talk to people is sometimes a little bit difficult for me. So something that I did at the beginning of my, um, entrepreneurial journey is I made a lot of assumptions, acted on those assumptions, but never actually took the time to say like, is this actually what people want? Or is this just what I'm assuming in my own head? And so I think a lot of people do that. I think they have this idea. They think it's great. They have a lot of emotion behind it, which is, which is awesome. I think you should, when you have a good idea, but take the time to actually like validate Do the people that you actually want to serve, find this offer to be valuable. Is it, are you thinking about creating it in a modality that that type of person would actually want? You know, some people think to themselves, oh, I want to create a course. I want a self-led course. Um, so I'm just going to do this topic. Cause I know it's something that I want to do. Well, do people actually want to consume that content in that way? Or would that be better suited for another type of format, right? So um, talk to the people you want to you want to serve. Like people love giving their opinion, <laughs> like especially mm-hmm. when you reach out and you're personal about it. Like I've never met anybody that's like, no, I tell you what I think. Like we like pe- some people wait for the invitation, but I think people love to say what they think. So it's like use that to your advantage. Um, and I think it's something that you should at every single, like on a regular basis. Um, we recently redid all of our packages and pricing and I had tons of conversations with people and it wasn't because I don't know my ideal client. I've worked with over, over 50 or 60 business owner, maybe even more than that by now in regards to done for you services. Um, but I still don't assume that I know everything. I'm always reaching out to the people that haven't booked with me because I want to know why <laughs> I'm reaching out to the people that I haven't worked with. Cause I want to see what they need. Right. And so that's helped me also get just a better frame of mind because your industry likely is always changing too. So it's just important to always stay on top of that. So I would say, look at the things that, you know, can be done before that course, the things done after that course, as it relates to the journey that that person will be on. Um, and talk to people, have some conversations because the best idea creation too. Yeah. That's, that's such a good point. I think a lot of times, like, I know that I see a lot of people come up with ideas and I've even fallen into this trap in the past, um, where you come up with an idea, you get so excited about it and you just create it without validating it. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think I also see a lot of the time there's, there's some marketing online around the idea that you don't need to validate your ideas. If you have the idea that's enough and you're the expert, blah, blah, blah. Right. And I really think that that's super, ignorant. I don't know, for lack of, yeah, weird, but also like in a way, dangerous. <laughs> so ignorant. Like, like you yeah, could be the ignorant. smartest person in the world, but at the same time, if you don't understand how other people think, or if like, your idea can be amazing, but if you're not able to communicate that in the right way to the person that you actually want to help, they're not going to be able to see that thing. 
So it could be the offer, it could be the messaging, but like, it doesn't matter how smart you are, how good you are, what you do. If you are really good at what you do, you'll talk to people exactly. <laughs> like about what it is. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, if you get, you know, the other great thing is like people come up with all these reasons. And I agree with you. The word is ignorant. If you're, if somebody's telling you that you shouldn't be getting people's feedback before going and creating something, but people come up with all these reasons why you don't need to talk to someone. And I have to say, I'm the, I have the worst anxiety when it comes to talking to people. Like when, especially like, I remember I was in a coaching program when I first started my business and I was told like, you need to get on, I think it was like at least five market research calls a week to like talk to people, get like hear from them, whatever. And I did it. But before I recall, my palms were sweating, my armpit, like I'm sweating through my shirt. Like I would get so stressed out about getting on calls with people, but it, like you said, it validates what you're wanting to create. And that's such an important piece of the process. Like I came up with this idea that I'm really excited about the other day, but I was like, you know, just because I'm excited about it doesn't mean that everyone else is going to be excited about it. And before I create it, let me make sure there's a need for it before I like spend all this time building something out. Right. Like that's something I think a lot of people forget. They spend all this time building something out sometimes. And then what happens to it? Like, you know, (laughs) well, and I think too, it's not about lack of trusting yourself. Right. I think it's really important for you to trust yourself, but have discernment when it comes to like the, like, so for instance, when I had all those market research calls, um, to be honest, I could have done a better job of saying who I wanted to speak to, but at the end of the day, I'm actually glad that it worked out the way that because I ended up identifying actually a core audience group that I do not serve. And I'm like, Oh shit, <laughs> like, this is great. But what I found was I was talking to people that were making um, like I asked some, just some questions to see where they were at in business. And I know my ideal client for our done for you services, they're usually making like 20, 25 K minimum, right. Minimum. But I work with a lot of people that have multi like million dollar businesses. Um, our services are not cheap, but I was talking to a lot of people that were making below that threshold and not that that means anything about them at all. But, you know, at that point, it's like, are they realistically going to spend this much on our service? Probably not. It's just not a good, um, but talking to them, I've realized, well, one, they were like, yeah, the price is like, you know, really expensive. But when I would talk to people who were in my ideal client, they were like, oh yeah, pricing is on point. Like it could probably be higher, but right. So it's like also identify to like, who are you talking to? And like, like take it with a grain of salt, right? Like look, look at the full picture of like, don't just like think like, oh man, she said my prices are too high. Cause if I did that, I'm not really looking at like, well, she's not the best fit for this anyways yet, you know? So it makes sense. But that also helped me identify, wait a minute, she's not ready for that. So now I kind of understand what her budget is, what she really wants out of this experience. How can I create something that makes sense for this person that I wasn't previously serving? So, um, all that to say is like, you know, trust yourself, right? Trust yourself when it comes to your idea. And it doesn't mean that you need to um, get everybody's approval before signing off. But at the end of the day, like you're creating something because you want to sell it. You're creating something because you want people to actually use it. So, um, you know, make sure that there's somebody there who will buy it and who will use it. Um, That's basically... Yeah, that's that's the end of the rant. (laughs) It's it's so true though. And, And, you know, I know this is kind of like a rant off of our whole conversation, but I think it's an important one because, um, you know, the other benefit beyond 
getting like clarity that yes, this is something that's needed. You can have people that are interested and ready to buy from you before it's even been created. Like I have multiple people with this idea that I have saying to me, like, tell me when it's ready. Like I'm in, um, as soon as I know versus if I didn't talk to people about it, I would be clueless going into putting it out there as around, around if anybody was actually going to buy it. And I would have no idea where the sales were going to come from. So it does so much for you. And like you said, it helps you even with the idea of building out an entire product suite because you get ideas for maybe the step you need before or for the client that's not ready to buy your like full on service or whatever it is. So I feel like there's just so much that comes with just having some conversations. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've never felt like it was a waste because I'm always just, I think, especially like my whole background is in human behavior. So I'm always just interested in like studying people in a way and just like understanding them. But it's like, if anything too, it just makes you really clear on like, okay, is this person ideal? Why or why not? You know, it helps you like better narrow down the people that you want to talk to. And also to see too, there's a difference between speaking to your audience and speaking to your ideal client. Cause your ideal client doesn't isn't necessarily in your audience, or maybe there's not a huge percentage of them in there, or maybe they're not responding. You know, I'm sure we can go off about all that stuff too, but, um, you know, it's like pay attention to all of the circumstances and look at it. Like, it's almost like a science experiment in a way, right? Like you need to know all the, all the information and, and all the facts before you can draw your conclusion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So, Something else I think would be cool to hear from you is when it comes to like using your product suite to scale your business, Mm -hmm. what does that look like? Because I think that sometimes people have a hard time envisioning like how all the pieces come together um, Mm -hmm. and how they can actually utilize creating a product suite to scale their business. Yeah. Um, Well, the first thing to think about is, you know, what does scaling actually mean to you? (laughs) Cause I think that word's thrown around a lot. And like, really, when I think of scaling, I think of it's using the, the base foundation and Xing it or a hundred Xing it, right? Like, can you multiply and duplicate that what you've already have set up? That's right? That's like really maximizing it. So if you're in the product suite development phase, if you're trying to think through your offers first, think about like, what does scalability mean to you? And what does, um, because it looks different for everybody. Depends on what service you provide. Um, it depends on what you do and it depends too, on like the role that you really want to play. Cause it, it, you know, when I think about, for instance, um, my business, I was, you know, solopreneur doing all the things I told myself, I said, by 2022, I want to remove myself out of the actual course creation process, which at first I was like, this is crazy. (laughs) Like, like, how are you going to do that? But I have, I have like a very confident group of people that helped me do this, but it took time and it took really figuring out like what does scalability mean to me? How many people do I actually want to serve? Do I have the infrastructure to do? And, um, is it something that I want to do? I think there's also a lot of pressure in this, in this industry to like scale and grow and like make a shit ton of money, but like, that isn't necessarily sometimes the end goal at the end of the day. Some people just want a little bit more, you know, income freedom. Some people just want more time freedom. Some people like it, it just depends on like what really feels and like what your ultimate goal is. And so build a product 
and structure your time around the way that you want to spend it. Because if you get into this hole of feeling like you need to do all the things and then one day I'll just finally be able to relax, will you ever relax? No, <laughs> you're always going to be doing the things. And you know, it's funny. I actually think about, um, my mentor that I was with for a year. She is a really good example of like scaling a product suite, um, in the way that she wanted to. So she, she always preached like having, um, being in alignment and just like having the space and like having a lot of, um, just time in her calendar and her life to like spend time with her family and this and that. And she's always made decisions based on that. And that has helped her so much. And it's helped her think through her offers. It's helped her think through, um, the way that she wants to interact with that. So it's like, think about your life first. Um, and then think about the offer and, and how do you bridge that gap? Because if you just start creating all the things and then you get into this whole, like one, is it really going to be scalable, but also like, why are you doing this? <laughs> like, what's the mm-hmm. point? Um, I also think too, when it comes to scalability is like narrowing your focus. Like you can't, it's very hard to scale multiple things at the same time, especially if you don't have a lot of help or if you don't have a lot, depending on your brand, right? Like certain things work for certain people, depending on where they're at, you know, their audience, all those, all those factors. And so it's like, you know, simplify, like it doesn't have to be complicated. Um, a lot of people scale one offer. (laughs) I've seen it happen multiple times. I create courses for people where they're like, this is it, (laughs) this is the one thing. And they love it, you know? And so I think it's like, you know, it could be, uh, it doesn't have to be difficult. It could be simple, but if you do want to have multiple offers, just think about what does scalability look like to you. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think that's something that so many people don't think about. And I love what you said about, um, like some people want to like make a shit ton of money and some just want like a little bit more like freedom. And that's such a good point. Cause there really is so much, like, I just feel like there's so much pressure online to reach so many huge milestones so quickly and it doesn't serve everybody. Yeah. There's no race. And honestly, if you're just trying to like keep up with people, it's going to set you back way farther than you want to be. Um, like what it like, think about like, what is your mission? Like, what do you really want to achieve? Like, what do you want to do in your own personal life? What kind of impact do you want to have on other people and really look at it individualistically? Like, don't look at all the shit around us because there are people that really want like the big shiny things and there's nothing wrong with that. But like, if you don't like that stuff or if that's not really appealing to you, then why are you trying to get that? You know, like it, you don't win that way. (laughs) You'll have much, much more peace of mind knowing that you built your business in the way you wanted to, in the time you wanted to doing the things that, that really light you up. It's so true. And I have to say, I wish that I heard people saying that when I first started my business, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I love my business and I, and I do have like big goals, but I think that, you know, especially a couple of years ago, it was even more of a rat race in some ways than it is now, because at least now there's messaging around, like, it's okay to not want to hit these crazy numbers so quickly and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So everybody's so fucking burnt out. Cause we were just in COVID. <laughs> we're stuck in our houses, just like building our business. And then we're like, you know what? I'm fucking tired. Like this shit is exhausting. Like, you know what? Like that goal, that's good for next year. I can't deal with this shit right now. I mean, <laughs> like, I think a lot of people said that I'm not even kidding. I think like, it's just like, it's just too much. You know, I think, um, I think honestly too, like be careful of what you consume. Like I've been trying to be really mindful of it. And like every day I just keep removing followers or muting people. And like, 
it's not because I don't like these people or whatever, but it's like, I really need to pay attention to what I consume because it definitely has a bearing on my mental health, the way that I show up in my business, the way that I show up in my personal life. And, um, I think it's really important to just like recognize too, when that starts to dictate your decisions on like what you do. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. It's, um, it's amazing what too much consumption can do for you or do to you, I guess. Yeah. And it, <laughs> no. it's just, it's so bizarre. I was, I was thinking about this the other day. Like sometimes I get, I don't know if you feel the same, like you just get in these traps of like thinking about the world in a different way. And it like really bugs you out. And so I was just thinking about the fact that like, you know, like, let's say like 30 years ago, like when people had like, you know, people are starting their businesses, like not a lot of online businesses, I'm assuming at that point in the nineties, but like, um, you know, like people are running their businesses, their, their mom and pop, like businesses, you know, they're like minding their own business and like doing their thing. And it was very like, like these days, like marketing and stuff, like it's so intrusive. Like you're just like constantly on and like looking at what other people do. And it's fucking weird. If you think about it, like, like people did not have to deal with this shit. Like years ago, I was even talking to, um, one of my, uh, father's best friends and he, he owns a, um, a framing shop in the middle of, of New York. And he like frames artwork, photos, that type of thing. And so I was hanging out, he, he came to visit and one of my friends was over and she's like a marketing specialist or whatever. And so he's like, explain to me what you do. And it was just funny. Cause like, he's a business owner. So he knows what marketing is, but he was just trying to like grasp like what she does. And he's like, man, I don't know. We just have like the same, like, like, like they just do business differently. And so I think sometimes it's just good to like laugh at the fact that like our industry is so fucking weird and crazy. Like, like it's so, like you just like today I posted on my stories that like, Oh, I got a facial today and I did all these things. And I'm just like, this is so weird. when you think about it? Like who the fuck cares? You know, like it really is. It it, it really is. And I agree. Like, it's so important to sometimes like laugh about it and realize that because where again, we're so hard on ourselves when we put this, like, don't take yourself too seriously. (laughs) That's really what it comes down to. Like we, we have this like crazy perception of the world and it's like, we can take a little chill pill, a little chill pill. (laughs) You know, what's humbling, like hang out with your friends that have no idea what the fuck you do. I went to dinner the other night with two friends that don't even own an Instagram account. They're like, they're just, they're just out like being normal people. If you will, I'm I'm putting up my air quotes for those who can't see me, but it's just like, it was so nice to like, like they have no idea what the hell I do. And it was just nice to have like normal conversations. I feel like, especially with COVID and the pandemic and everything, like we, we have been so focused on work. So we're always, we're always talking to people that like know our industry or know our work and this and that. And so it was just refreshing to like, I don't know. And I think everybody just needs to, to be a little bit more grounded and like, again, not take ourselves too seriously, but like, look at the bigger picture too, and, and what you really want and, and the kinds of relationships you want to have and, and all that. Yeah, <laughs> just- I agree. It all goes into it. Absolutely. Um, okay. So I could continue to ask you questions, but, um, for the sake of time, um, to wrap things up, how can everybody find you? Yeah. So you can find me, um, everywhere, you know, so I have on Instagram dream pro courses, uh, dreamprocourses.com. That's our website. We just got it done. So like, look at it. Cause it's beautiful. And, um, I have my own podcast, the dreamers launch podcast, which Becky was on. So our episode is going to air pretty soon. And I would say, yeah, start there. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Amazing. Well, everybody go connect with Ariel. And again, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. 
Okay, y'all. So I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Head to the links in the show notes to connect with Ariel, as well as to apply to the Adaptable CEO Mastermind and learn more about that. There are also some links for freebies for those of you who are beginners listening to this episode. There's a freebie for you, as well as those of you that are more advanced. So go check all of that out in the show notes. Um, and if you enjoyed this week's episode and you love this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would leave the podcast a review, screenshot this episode, share it on your Instagram stories, tag us to let you know, let us know you're listening and I'll catch you next week on the If She Did It podcast.